Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. The Jesse Blake Sports Report. Really? Oh, wait, really? The Jesse Blake Sports Report. That's it? Don't forget, it's the Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. <laughs> you know, that's kind of redundant. Dude, is there a problem? And it is fine. I, I just, you know, I thought maybe you guys would come up with something, you know, good. Man, just read it. You know what? Doesn't matter to me. I get paid by the word. <laughs> Let's do this. The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. Adam Wilde, have you heard about Doer? I have. I have. Yeah, do you own some Doer products? I am actually wearing a Doer t-shirt right now. Oh, no way. That was wasn't planned. T- yeah, no, that was not planned. I, you know what, you know what I like about this shirt? And and <laughs> honestly, it's it's that it's comfortable and it fits my body. I don't have, I don't. this might come as a shock to you, I don't have the uh, Zac Efron physique that I used to. Okay. I just think it just, it, it's just comfortable. It's not sucking in on the wrong places. And they have, the jeans are amazing. I prefer your body to Zac Efron's. Oh, thank you, sir. I really yeah. appreciate so, it. So doer.ca, D-U-E-R dot C-A. You can use the promo code SDPN, and you'll get 15% off of your purchase. I have doer jeans, and like they advertise, they are the softest jeans in the world. They cup your bum. And now we must talk about what we've come here to talk about. It's, yeah. Sadly, it wasn't doer. Like That's not the main point of this podcast. It's not doer. Mm-hmm. It's the Canadian Grand Prix. Yes. And this is a bonus episode. Uh, because the Canadian Grand Prix this weekend, it's a big deal. And yesterday, I made people upset because I advocated for Mercedes bouncing back because their car no longer bounces. <laughs> so the the FIA is putting in regulations to eliminate the porpoising that's happening across F1, right. particularly in the Mercedes car. Yes. They're, so Mercedes is going to have to raise their car off the ground. Yes. Which is... Inherently going to make them slower. Yes. But my thinking is, now that the porpoising is out the window, you can, we don't have to worry about it anymore. Lewis Hamilton, your back's going to be fine. I'm curious about how you're going to take Your this. back's going to be fine. Now they can just focus on making the car fast. Well, this is the turnaround we've needed. I don't know. The porpoising is gone. I mean, what, is, what did Toto say at the beginning of the season? He said they have, they have what they believe is a great car, and they cannot... He's like, we can't find the key to unlock it. Like, or how, yeah. however he says yeah. that. I, I, I mean, pretty like, good. <laughs> I think it, it's the thing is, is that it's going to make Mercedes slower and they have a problem with straightaway speed. And as you know, from your F1 streams, Jesse, mm-hmm. Montreal is a fast course. And, and so I, I'm, I'm actually really worried for Mercedes. The fact that they're third in the world right now is amazing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you look at like if Ferrari can last a race, if they can just, if Carlos Sainz could get some better luck. Uh, it's going to be Red Bull Ferrari all the way. And and I wonder, with the improvement that we've seen in two teams, uh, Alpha Tori really impressed me in the last race. Um, and, and listen, is Alpha Tori ever going to be at this level? 
like a, a top three team? Probably not. But if you're looking at top five in the field or whatever, I look at what McLaren was able to do getting both drivers in the points and what AlphaTauri almost did with Sonoda until like the very end where they tried to tape his wing back together in Baku. Remember, that was <laughs> Poor crazy. Yuki. Yeah, like that was, that's oh. just shitty. It's not fair. And oh. obviously Honda, like the, that whole racing team, both teams have had issues with that that fin all year. Yeah, I, I the DRS opening up. Yeah. Uh, I think that that is, I would, I think it, Mercedes moving back, which I think is going to happen, which sucks because I've got fucking Lewis in my grid rival pool. <laughs> right. Um, and he's been doing pretty well. Uh, I think it opens up for Alpine. I think it opens up for AlphaTauri. And I think it opens up for, for McLaren. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, yeah, man, like I think part of the porpoising issue was Mercedes were so low to the ground that I believe the car was bottoming out on the track. Too. Literally hitting the track. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so, so they're going to lose it. I think they're saying 1.3 seconds ish as they move it up because the straightaway speeds have never been good. Significant. And, and your bet on Alvatore looks good because the Ferrari engine, they came out today and the Ferrari confirms the engine, which failed uh, Leclerc at Baku, is beyond repair, raising the prospect of a grid penalty in the near future. So Ferrari's got the car troubles that they've had all year long. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen all the DNFs. And then Mercedes can't get it together with the straightaways. And, and, and now the porpoising, we'll see how slow they are. Um, and then Red Bull's kind of the only thing that's just a little stable. Well, they figured out whatever it was that was running their cars off the track. Like mm-hmm. the Australian Grand Prix, right? They, you know, both cars blew up. Yeah. And you're like, like what, whatever, create, whatever happened there obviously isn't happening anymore. Right. So that's great. Yeah. I don't know what that was, though. And Alpha Tori is running pretty much the same thing. They're the sister team. Yep, they passed the info. The, the junior team. So so if if you think anybody's going to get it together, it's going to be Red Bull and Alpha Tori. Yeah, and, and it's it's interesting, too, because those Ferrari powertrains, in the last, in the first three races, everybody's talking about, like, oh, wow, Ferrari's got an engine, and they do. They have pace. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, you mentioned, was it Leclerc's engine that, that is beyond repair? Yeah. So he'd have to get another engine. I think he's beyond three now, and that means a 10-grid penalty, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But you know who else is somebody to watch? Uh, also running a Ferrari engine is Alfa Romeo. Mm-hmm. And Valtteri Bottas, three engines in. So he's going to be looking at Leclerc's last race going, that could happen to me now. Mm-hmm. And he's had an excellent season in uh, a car that's not as fast as the top of the grid, and he's finished in top five a couple times already. Been incredible. Yeah, incredible. so if, if, they, if they're if they failing like Ferrari, it can be some real trouble. And like you said, it bounces up Alfa Torre. Yeah. And, and looking at the odds here for the Canadian Grand Prix on sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN, Max Verstappen. Uh, obviously the favorite yeah. 1.62 on the decimal odds then we got Checo, Leclerc, Signs and then we got Russell. Who are you looking at this weekend to take home the Canadian? To be the outright winner? Yeah. Well, I mean listen, uh, if you're going for a value pick on this, I'm going Perez. And the reason mm-hmm. for that is Perez is a 430 whereas Verstappen's a 142. Now betting against Max Verstappen, <laughs> I mean you're taking your life in your hands at this point, but Perez did win Monaco mm-hmm. and deserved to win Monaco. I'm curious. Monaco is such a funny race, right? It's an old track. You can't pass anyone. Um, uh, Baku, I thought, was a little bit more of, like, I know it's a street track, but it was a little bit more of, like, a current F1 track. There was literally no passing in Monaco. No, like, there never is, <laughs> right? And then and the, you look at the cars the last five years, they're just wider and wider. You can't pass anyone. Yeah. But with Max, what we couldn't find, what was interesting was Max had so much more pace than Sergio. And I, uh, in Baku, and I, I would take Perez, mm-hmm. uh, and I would take a swing at Leclerc too, um, but because it's the outright winner, Perez is my guy. 
uh, in, in terms of a value pick because if he can find the pace that he could not find in Baku, there's no reason he can't win. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna they're not gonna make Sergio Perez. They are gonna make him get out of the way, but they're not gonna make him get out of the way if he has deserved to win the race. Okay, because that's that's what's gonna follow up with this. So what do you think about the rivalry between those two? Because Perez okay. looks at it and he's like, I'm not out of the World Championship no, race yet. No, I'm not. right there. It's it's me and Max one two, and this isn't the point of the season where I'm giving Max the lead just because you want Max to have the World Championship again. That's why Checo's so great though. Like he's such a good person. They talked to him about it afterwards, and you can tell. You can tell. Like you can tell. Um, I don't know if you saw any of the post race last week, but Lando was like, I, "I." At the end, he's like, "I could have passed Daniel. Like I had the mm-hmm. pace, but Daniel could have passed him earlier." And McLaren said, "Listen, fair is fair. That's the way we're going to do it. This yeah. is a team." Perez, not not even a sec. He was like, the only thing he has said that we've heard is, "Oh, that's not fair." When they made Max pass him. After the race uh, last week, he said, yeah, no problem. I don't have a problem with this. This is not a problem at all. And he's so close. I think I think that they're going to default to Max. They have to. He's the world champion. That's what this is about. But if Sergio Perez is on the front grid, and I, he doesn't even have to get pulled, but if he's on the front grid and he pulls away and, and gets into that into a spot where he's, let's say he's the he's led most of the laps throughout the race, and Max is five or six seconds behind him. Perez is going to, they're going to say, go, mm-hmm. race, as long as you don't take each other out. And I think that's the right thing you got to do. You know? You have to. You have to keep creative. You're not creative. You have to keep competitive people involved. Uh, so, I, man, I'm secretly sort of rooting for Perez because he <laughs> might be the only one to challenge for stopping. You know what? And it feels better. It, it does. Feels, it feels better to root for Checo over Max. He's, I don't know why. Why is that? Max, uh, I, I'm going to say this and people are going to be upset. Max kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, Let's okay. be honest. The I've, way he drives so aggressively, it's yeah. dangerous. And he, everybody gets out of the way for him. Uh, his his personality off the track. Uh, his or, up, It's a bit ornery. Yeah. His upbringing with his father. His father is a man who can you can easily hate. Yes. Um, no he, question. He doesn't have a lot to root for unless you're rooting for the team and you're rooting for the championship. Yeah. I, I, listen, when I was... When I first started really getting back into F1, because I was like Michael Schumacher, Rubens Barrichello era, and then I kind of got out of it for a bit. Uh, he, Max was racing for Toro Rosso when he was 17, and mm-hmm. I thought that was fucking crazy. Like, I saw him in Montreal in 2016. No way. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, Nico, I think, was it Nico Rosberg that won that? So Nico, that was the one year that Lewis Hamilton didn't win, and Nico the, Rosberg did. The in-between all of his championships. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they hated each other. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Max, I always felt like, that was something worth cheering for. This kid's 17 years old, 18 years old, 19 years old. Hell, 20, 21. What is he, 24 now? Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. And so I understand why he's not seen as likable and he's a champion he's now. He's the so villain. He's now the villain. I get it. But I mean, ah, I feel I feel bad saying that because I've been rooting for the guy for like six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I get it. And you know what? One thing I do want to say, if you're a Formula One fan, I'm pretty hard to disagree with this take, but so I'm going to make it. Um I don't know why Joss Verstappen is allowed to be interviewed anymore. Why do we ask him? He's always negative and shitty. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I know Helmut Marco is like an old man, and he's always negative and shitty too. <laughs> but at least he's kind of funny. Joss Verstappen is on record a bad person. Yes, to multiple partners, to his own kid. I'm surprised Red Bull allows him back, even even at the paddock. Mm-hmm. So. To me, if I never heard Joss Verstappen's name again, I'd be fine. Yeah, and like we don't know them personally, him and Max, but I'm surprised at the relationship they have 
When you hear about how he raised him and used to leave him at the track if he didn't win. Did you hear that? Yes. Yes. Like, and he's like, and Max is like, well, you know what? You know, it probably made me the driver I am today. And I, I always, I always hesitate with that because here's the thing, man, Max Verstappen, if he'd had a bad race and you said, Max, you had a bad race and here's how you had a bad race. uh, Max Verstappen still would have been Max Verstappen. Mm -hmm. Leaving him there doesn't make him a better race car driver. It traumatizes him. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't under, that is a really weird, like we're twisting ourselves into a pretzel to say that oh, Joss had a positive effect. And I'm sure he did. He was an F1 driver himself. Yep. Not a good guy. I like, I don't want to get into the psychology of it, but seeing the relationship they have now and the, the positivity he puts out in the universe about his father. And you realize that he kind of, uh, abuse I think is probably too much of a a strong word to use in that situation but he bullied him into a world champion at a very young age you see that with a lot of athletes you you do see that and I wonder what how their dynamic works now because Max has always been publicly uh complimentary about his father right and he would be right he would be like Drake you look at Drake's had a tough relationship with his dad always publicly complimentary Justin Bieber like it was so weird. I don't know if anybody saw the Justin Bieber documentary back in the day when he was like, uh, when he was like wearing all purple and stuff. But the first time his dad saw him live was at the Air Canada Center in <laughs> Toronto, and I'm like, "Is anybody else think this is weird?" Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, and and so you know, listen, it's not he wouldn't be the first guy to have a tough relationship with his parents, but right. I don't know. I just I, here's my issue with it. Whatever Max can have whatever relationship with his dad because I get it. You want to have a great relationship with your parents, and they're not perfect people. And like I said, we don't know them we don't personally. Know. We don't we know. only hear the story. But I have seen police reports, and the other thing, or at least articles about police yeah. reports. The other thing is, um, we don't need to interview him. Yes, we just don't need. Why to Why does he need to be a part of the F one media tour? He doesn't. He doesn't. And that's that's my contention. I know we got off track. Oh, we got, we're talking about the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, uh, I'm just not a guy. With, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to I'm gonna end by getting your thoughts on the Drivers' Championship and the Constructors' Championships here. I got the odds up here on sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Red Bull, favorites to win the Constructors. Max, favorites to win the championship. Yeah. At the end of the season, who's holding the crown in both situations? Well, I, I think you're going to say Max and Red Bull. And I think you'd be crazy not to. Uh, but if you're crazy enough... If Ferrari can figure it out, and I think that if any team could figure it out this year, it is Ferrari. Uh, they have been preparing for this for a long, long time. Uh, they've got two phenomenal drivers, like spectacular drivers, and they've got some of the most brilliant engineers in the world. Mm-hmm. I believe that Ferrari believes that they can do this. Um, I would say if they could figure it out, they need to figure out Charles, mm-hmm. right? That's, that, that's what needs to happen. So I would take Charles Leclerc just because... You know what? I I, I want to believe that there's actually going to be a season and, and Red Bull hasn't already won the championship. Yeah, I think every F1 fan is rooting for just anything competitive against yes. Red Bull. But you're not <laughs> going to win. You're, you're, you can't convince me that Red Bull's not going to destroy the Constructors' Championship when Carlos Sainz is in fifth place in the points. Right. He needs... Carlos Sainz, he doesn't need to win, although it would be nice because I don't think he's ever had one. Mm. He needs to be... A top it's top four two guy. Two DNFs now. 
Yeah, I believe on the yeah, season. Yeah, and, and it's like, the, the, the zeros rough. that kill you, right? Yeah, that's where it is. Yeah, that's where you lose all the points. Take advantage of Mercedes. Get Carlos past the finish line. Get him into the top four every race. Then we're talking about a whole different world. We're gonna wrap there because I I want to. Uh, we're gonna come back on Monday. Okay. We're gonna do a little. We're gonna do ten minutes more on Monday, and it's gonna make the next episode of the JBSR. And I'm gonna get your thoughts on what happened on Sunday at the Canadian Grand Prix. Two episodes in a row. Two That's episodes. Crazy. This is your. How does it feel? I've, this I've is your honored. maiden voyage on the show you hate. I, <laughs> I'm honored, Jesse. I'm honored. Thank you for having me. No, no problem. Uh, I'm, thank you for being here. Uh, this has been the Jesse Blake Sports Report. Um, I should, I, should, am I going to do something off the end of this? No, I'm not. You're I'm going to wrap the whole show. Thank you for being here. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here listening or watching this right now. And I appreciate you. We'll talk to you on Monday about what happens in Montreal. I didn't say that. That's not good. How do I say Montreal. Oh, There we go. Thank you, Adam. That's why you're here. I said the episode was done, but I have one quick addition. Adam and I forgot to talk about how Adam interviewed Roman Grosjean uh, last week or this week on the Steve Dangle podcast. A link directly to the interview is linked in the description of this podcast. So go listen to that, racing fans, if you are uh, interested. Check it out. It's a great interview, regardless of if you're a racing fan or not. It's a good insight into Roman, and uh, he's a wonderful guy. So go listen to that. Now we're done. Thank you. Goodbye. Good night. See you next week. And that is how it's done. The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake, powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Jesse Blake, the guy that likes to hear his name twice in one sentence. Sure, I know him. No, he doesn't have an ego at all.